Hi, welcome to the Miami Church Podcast. My name is Crystal Guayco, and I will be your host for today. If you want more information about Miami Church or would love to get connected, email us at hello at mammychurch.com. Without further ado, here's the message. Enjoy! When I was eight years old, I played Little League Baseball. Any, anyone out there play Little League Baseball? Let me know in the comments. Uh, I played for a team named Snow Tire after a tire company in my hometown, and we had blue jerseys. Now, the best team in the league was a team called Classic City Trophy, and they had yellow jerseys or gold jerseys. And the reason they were the best team in the league is because they had this one kid, and he was a pitcher, and he could throw the ball so fast for an eight-year-old kid. I'll never forget, it was the day of the game, and we were playing Classic City Trophy that evening, and I pulled one of these eight-year-olds, oh, Dad, I don't feel good. Dad, Dad, I'm sick. Dad, I, oh, my stomach, I think I'm sick at my stomach. Dad, I, I got a headache. Dad, oh, Dad, I can't go to the game. Yeah, right? I was, I was anxious. I was scared. I was fearful. And I did not want to go to the game. Now, luckily for me, I had some really wise and discerning parents. And they knew what I was doing. They knew that I was scared. They knew I didn't want to go to the game. They knew that uh, it was just overwhelming for me. It was too much for me. And, and so they, in a, in a gentle, loving way, said, no, no, Greg, you're, you're going to the game. You're, you're committed to the team. You signed up. You're on the team. The team is depending on you, and so you're going to go to the game. And so I went to the game, and it was a terrible game. It happened exactly like I thought it was going to happen in my head. He's, I think I struck out three times. We got beat, and we lost. But I learned a valuable lesson that day. See, my parents, my dad in particular, helped me learn a valuable lesson about determination and persistence and resolve and not quitting. Do you know that word? Resolve. Now, if you have pets or kids, you, you maybe know it from this angle. This, this is a resolve, right? Resolve carpet cleaner, right? And if you have pets or kids, uh, then you are probably familiar with this. But resolve. What is resolve? What is determination? Not the carpet cleaner, but what is it? Resolve is a firm determination to do something, a firm determination to do something, to come to a determination, to make up your mind, a firmness of purpose and intent, decision made. I'm resolved or I'm determined. I've made up my mind. I have purposed in my heart a firm determination to do something. Now, this is an interesting conversation because we are in a season that is trying. 
I mean, has there, has there ever been a season more unstable or more uncertain? Has there ever been so many different things going on in the world, in our hearts, in our lives at one time that, that are, is trying our resolve? You know, you don't, you don't test resolve when things are going well, right? I mean, you, you don't need this if your carpet's clean. If your house is spotlit, spotless, you don't need resolve. When do you use resolve, right? When your pet goes to the restroom and the carpet, when your kid makes a mess, when it's messy, when it's dirty, that's when you need resolve. You don't, you don't need resolve when life is easy. I mean, if, if I knew the other team was terrible and we were going to easily win the game, I don't need resolve. You need resolve when things are not going well. You need resolve when it's, when it's hard, when it's difficult, when it's uncertain, when it's unstable, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel stressed. That's when you need resolve. Dr. Martin Luther King said this. He said, the ultimate measure of a man or a woman is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at, at times of challenge and controversy. It's not about moments of comfort and convenience. It's about times of challenge and controversy. Now, if you've been tracking with us here at Miami Church, you know that we've been in a message series that we're calling Find and Follow. It's based on our mission statement of helping people find and follow Jesus. And we've, we've been looking at the, the first church, these women and men who were the people who established the very first church, and Dr. Luke recorded it for us in the book that's known as Acts. And we've been walking through it chapter by chapter, section by section. And today is part 11, and we come to Acts chapter 11. And this early church, these young, new followers of Jesus, these first followers, they were constantly having their resolve tested. And we come to a great example of that today. And so if you have your Bible or on your device, you can look and follow along with me in Acts chapter 11. I'm going to just read a few verses beginning in verse 19. See, here's what happens. Verse 19, Luke says that some believers had been scattered by the suffering that unbelievers had caused them. They were scattered after Stephen was killed. Now, what's happening here is, is they're being persecuted. Right? People who are followers of the way, followers of Jesus, they're being persecuted and uh, they are and, and being arrested, they're being beaten, they're thrown in jail and sometimes even killed. And Stephen, who got stoned in chapter 7, we read about that a few weeks back, uh, and they are being fun. So it's not fun. There is suffering going on and there is persecution and so they scatter. He says this, he says, those believers traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, but they spread the word only among Jews. 20, verse 20. Some believers from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch. There they began to speak to Greeks also. They told them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's power was with them. Large numbers of people believed and turned to the Lord. So here's the picture that Luke's painting is these believers are fleeing. They're literally running for their lives. They're trying to avoid being arrested or beaten or put in jail. And I just kind of want to say, well, well, hold up here a second, Luke. 
I mean, isn't the reason that these men and women are being beaten, aren't the reason they're being persecuted is because they're, they're talking about Jesus, they're sharing about Jesus? Isn't that the reason? But yet, as they go, as they're fleeing, as they're running, they're, they're, it says, he says that they spread the word about Jesus. Now, you see a shift here in this section where at first they're only talking to the Jews about Jesus, then they begin talking to the Greeks or the Gentile. What's interesting to note is Dr. Luke, who wrote this letter that became the book of Acts, is Greek. He is actually a Greek physician. And so they're telling people about the good news of Jesus, that, that God is with them and that his power, and he tells us the result is that large number of people are believing. They're, they're actually giving their lives to Jesus. They're surrendering their lives to Jesus and being baptized. Verse 22. It says, the church in Jerusalem heard about this, and so they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, I love that phrase, what the grace of God had done, he was glad. And he told them, remain true to the Lord with all your hearts. Remain true to Jesus with all your hearts. That's interesting. Remain true to Jesus with all your hearts. Barnabas was a good man, Luke says. He was full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and large numbers, again, large numbers of people came to know God. So here's the context, right? Something bad is happening. Persecution is happening. This is terrible. People are forced to leave their homes, to, to grab their families and run, and to go to different places, leave their, everything they know, they're forced to, because they're a fleeing persecution and suffering, and they're under distress. And so they run to survive. But as they go... While they are running, they continue to show resolve and determination and persistence. I mean, you, you need some resolve today. Are, are things harder than you thought they would be? I mean, do, you, do you have thoughts of, of quitting or maybe just settling for the status quo? I don't think life has ever been harder than it is today. I don't think I'm alone when I feel that. When I look back on my week and go, this week felt really, really hard to me. This, this week, there were moments where I go, do, do, can I keep going? Can I keep doing this? Is this worth it? Should I just quit? Do you, do you feel that? Well, hopefully, today we can learn from these first followers. And maybe today we, we need people like my parents were in that season when I was an eight-year-old and didn't want to go to the game. And we need people to go, you know what? You can do it. You're going to go. It may not be easy. It may, it, it may not be fun, but you can go. You know, I was reminded as I was dealing and studying in this uh, message for the last few weeks, I was reminded of a guy named Paul writing to Timothy. Right? And, and it's this picture of like my dad with me or an older, wiser person, a mentor talking to you. Paul was a, an older, wiser follower of Jesus who had seen all kinds of things. And Timothy was a young leader. And Timothy was a young leader. And he was in a city called Ephesus. And he was trying to lead the church. And so Paul wrote him a letter to encourage him. Kind of from the older man's perspective to the younger man's perspective. And he sends him this letter. And, and it kind of hit me last week. Uh, last week, as I was standing in front of a room full of young 20-something, I mean, smart, intelligent, 
talented, and I was sort of like, man, I feel old. And I, and I felt kind of more of the Paul kind of situation, like, man, look at all of these young, vibrant, uh, talented, young 20-something leaders. And I, and, I, and I felt like Paul, and I just wanted to, to say words uh, that I would say to Timothy, like, don't lose hope. I, I, know, I know the world feels really broken right now. I know the world feels messed up. I know that sometimes it's, it's hard to, to, to not lose, to lose hope. Like, man, is there any hope for the future? Are there any good people out there? I mean, are there any people that care about anything other than themselves? Are there people that really want to do good? Are they out there? And sometimes I think it's easy to lose hope. But this is for you. If that's you, pay attention to what Paul says to Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4, beginning verse 10. I love what he says here. He says, this is why we work and try so hard. He's like, hey, listen, man, this is hard work. We're suffering. This is not easy. I'm like, yes, thank you, Paul. Why? So why do we work so hard? He says, it's because we have put our hope in the living God. He is the Savior of all people. Most of all, he's the Savior of those who believe. He says, we work hard because our hope is in Jesus. He's the Savior of all people. We'll talk more about this in a couple of weeks in a message series called Everyone Always. So that all people will know. Why do we work so hard? Because we want all people to know. Look what he says to Timothy. He says, command and teach these things. Hey, young leaders, world changers, those of you who got, listen up. Command and teach these things. Verse 12, he says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Set an example for the believers in what you say, how you live, also set an example in how you love and what you believe. Show the believers how to be pure. It, it, he's really saying, he's saying here like set an example, be an example. Live in such a way that people want to follow you. A literal translation of this could be stamp yourselves on people's lives. And then look what he says. Say the things that you say, the way that you say them, the, the way that you live, the qualities of your living routines, your love, the, the characteristics of your personal relationships, how you display love, your faith, the way that you love God, and, and your purity, the, your, your moral life. Verse 13, he says, Hey, Timothy, until I come, spend your time reading Scripture out loud to one another. By the way, it's really interesting. We, we have neighborhood teams, if you're new we have neighborhood teams that, that meet throughout the city during the week. And again, it's been a different season with COVID. But, but we try to meet together. Sometimes it's on Zoom. Now we're doing backyard stuff. But we meet together. And one of the key practices of a neighborhood team that's working well is, is they read the scripture out loud together over and over. Why? Look. <laughs> Spend your time reading the scriptures out loud to one another. Spend your time preaching and teaching. Don't fail to use the gift that the Holy Spirit gave you. He, he gave it to you through prophecy from God, and it was given when the elders placed their hands on you. Verse 15, keep on doing these things. Here we go. Here, we're getting into it now. We're getting into the, the resolve and the term. He says, keep on doing these things. Give them your complete attention. Then everyone will see how you are coming along. Be careful how you live and what you believe. Never give up. Then you will save yourself and those who hear you. 
There's resolve. There's a determination. One version of this says, be diligent, be persistent. He's like, Paul is, is, is saying to his, his young friend Timothy, he's like, hey, when you don't feel like it, hey, when it's really hard, when you want to give up, when it's, when it's really uncertain, when you don't know what to do, when you feel overwhelmed, when you don't know, he says in verse 15, he says, keep on doing it. One foot in front of the other. Be diligent, painstaking, persistent. <laughs> One version says, take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them. He's saying, like, listen, it's not easy what God has called us to do is not easy. Life is not easy. It's not going to get easier, but it's okay. Be persistent. Be diligent. Painstaking. You know, you know what I've learned, or maybe I'm learning about resolve, is that resolve belongs to the person who pursues it relentlessly. Resolve belongs to the person who pursues it relentlessly, the person that fights the quitter's gene, the person that will not settle for the status quo, the person that, that, that feels like giving up but does not, the person that's like, I can't coast, I have to keep going. It's a daily fight. It takes discipline. It's a relentless pursuit. You know, here's a, another thought. Developing resolve, it's demanding. It's mostly done in secret, it's often humbling, and it's not always fun. Let's break that down for a minute. Demanding. Do you know that developing spiritual resolve is being harder on myself than most of us want to be. It's taking really hard looks in the mirror that are not fun. We'll get to that in a minute. It means regular self-examination in which speech and relationships and life choices are evaluated and, if necessary, corrected done in secret. That, that, that means that, you know, Jesus had a lot to say about that. He says, hey, when you pray or when you fast or when you give, don't do it so everyone can see. You don't do it for public praise, right? Jesus had a lot to say about showing off. See, done in secret is, is this idea that, man, a lot of this hard work is done in the trenches alone. Telling everyone what one is doing in private moments of spiritual workout dissipates the quality and effectiveness of the experience. This is a lot of early morning hours. Yeah, a lot of my time trying to build resolve and persistence is done in early morning hours alone in my office with a Bible open and a journal, sometimes on my knees, sometimes crying, sometimes begging. It's humbling. There's no question about it that when one decides, if you decide to go forward and to test God, to test the promises of God, to seek his power. There's going to be defeats and setbacks and occasional humiliations. You know, others will simply walk away and, and deny or make excuses, but those building resolve stop and take the heat. Why? That's how we grow. That's how we grow when we take hard looks in the mirror and go, oh, I'm, 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 this, is, this is not what I wanted. This is not who I wanted to be. This is not how I thought things would be. Those hard looks are often humbling. And they're not always fun. One author put it this way. He said, the search for resolve is a satisfying experience. It's not always a 
fun experience. But satisfaction always trumps fun. See, resolve is this deep measure on a day-by-day, moment-by-moment basis. It's a, it's a long-term investment. You know, when our, uh, our oldest baby, uh, when, he, when he died, um, one of the things that my parents did is they planted a tree in their yard. And it was just a real small tree, I don't know, maybe five feet, six feet tall. And they planted a tree, and they, they kind of, it was a, you know, a, a memorial to this little precious baby that passed. Now, if you were to stand at that tree day by day, moment by moment, and watch it, you wouldn't really see anything. Right? You wouldn't notice anything. But if you go away for a while, for months and sometimes even years at a time, and then you come back and you go, whoa, wow, look at this tree. I mean, it's really grown. It's really matured. It's, it's strong. It's solid. It has a, a deep foundation. And the same is true for you and me. See, o- over time, as uncertainty and instability and obstacles and hardships come our way, day after day, month after month, year after year, this is when the growth happens. It's, it's not microwave growth. You don't pop it in for just, just a minute or two and the results are there. It's, it's long-term investment. Resolve is built over time, over, over seasons, over years. And this is why most quit. This is why most don't develop. This is why, this is why most just decide to coast or, or just go with the status quo or just blend in with the crowd or just do what everybody else is doing or just settle. It's okay. But resolve, determination, it takes relentless pursuit over long periods of time. Resolve, determination, It's this idea that whatever happens, whatever comes my way, I have made up my mind. Whatever happens, whatever comes my way, I have made up my mind. Paul, the same guy that wrote to Timothy, he he said it this way to the church in Galatia, Galatians 6, 9. He says, "So, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give uh, don't, grow, don't grow weary. Don't grow tired of doing good. At the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. This is a call to fight the quitting gene. This is a call to, to persevere and to keep going. This is a call to, to live with resolve and determination. This is a, a call to model our lives out of these first followers, out of the first church and say, listen, man, life was not easy. They were suffering and being Persecuted. In fact, they had to run and flee for their lives, but yet they did not quit. So be diligent. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop doing good. Keep teaching. Keep fighting that addiction. Keep loving those kids. Keep trying to make your marriage better. Keep trying to restore that relationship. Keep praying. Don't stop praying. Persevere. Love more. Give more. Serve more. Do more good. Keep 
going. Keep leading. Keep sharing the gospel. Keep telling people about Jesus. Keep praying for one another. And may the grace of God, may it sustain you and may it sustain me in these uncertain times. Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email at hello at miamichurch.com. Also, be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss out on any future conversations. I hope our time together inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey.